because guess what? I, I spoil you with the cider and the donuts and the little wax candy things, the homemade maple syrup. I spoil you. You want these nice things? You don't want to watch how they're all made, okay? It's blood, sweat, and handball. Thanks for tuning in to Ben and Jeremy's Ohio's Finest Podcast. It's been crazy in the world of sports, and we think everyone needs some positive sports stories. So that's what we're going to do today. We've all seen the headlines. A pro athlete gets injured doing something ridiculous. It's funny to read about. So today we're going to list our favorite weird sports injuries of all time. Wedding rings, pancakes, dentures, and more. Hope you enjoy. How was your week? How was the wedding? Dude, it was so much fun. Huge congratulations to Ethan and Danny. They've been dating for so long now. Now they're finally married. Got to spend the whole weekend with all of them. Ethan's family, his mom and dad are amazing. So are his sisters. The other groomsmen are hilarious. And that was so much fun to be around them. My parents got to come. Really everything about the weekend was so great. They, everybody involved in the planning pulled off such a fun, well-done wedding. And it was so cool to be a part of. Ethan's dad told me it was the best, best man speech he's ever heard. Good, 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 good. How sloshed was he when he said that? <laughs> he just took a piss over. Dude, it was fun. Speech had everyone laughing. I was a little nervous because the matron of honor, she was like telling me we're sitting there together and like the bride and groom are off doing whatever, talking to people. And Jamie, her name is Jamie, she's sitting there and she's like, are you nervous? Because she's like, I'll go first and then you can bring it home. Because there was so much hype around my speech. Like Ethan's dad was hyping it up and he would be like, I can't wait to hear your speech. <laughs> and he just thought, it, I think he just thought I was going to tear into Ethan. It just roast him in front of everyone. <laughs> so he was like, he just kept telling me, he said, can't wait to hear your speech. Can't wait to hear it. And then um, Jamie was like, if your speech is going to be this good, let me just, let me go first and then you can bring it home. And I was like, that's cool. I don't, I'm fine with, you know, you going first. And so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, what's yours going to be like? She's like, it's just going to be like short and sweet. I'm going to talk about a couple memories and stuff like that. She's like, I don't want to go on too long. And I was like, neither do I. I'm tra- talking about four minutes, five minutes, maybe mm-hmm. the most. And she was like, oh, oh, mine's going to be shorter. So I thought like three minutes and she went and hers was like, 45 seconds, I swear to God. It was like a minute long. Oh, what? Yeah, she, it, it felt like it was a minute. And she just, you know, she just brought up a couple, like, like a couple memories. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm up. So she like, handed me the mic. And I, was like, I was like, here we go. And Ethan tried convincing me the entire week that I was not actually going to speak. <laughs> so like, throughout the entire week, he was like, hey, did I tell you that we're actually not having anybody speak at, at the, at the wedding. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And then, he, then like, <laughs> on the day, like the day before the wedding, he's like, Hey man, with all the stuff going around with COVID, we just don't really feel comfortable passing a mic in between, like the, around between people. So we're just not going to have you speak. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, shut up, Ethan. I'm talking to your wife. <laughs> I know what, I know what you're doing. You're trying to get me, you're trying to get me to have a dumb face. And I'm not going to have a dumb face. <laughs> So then, uh, then I told Mr. Kirkman about that. I, was just, I told him, yeah, Ethan's been trying to convince me all week. And he's like, no, no, no. You have free reign up there. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> He's like, Danny has told me that you have free reign. She can't wait. Danny's his, his wife. And I, so I go up there, and my first comment, I was like, you know, Ethan has been trying to convince me all week that I'm actually not going to speak today. <laughs> but I've been told that Danny has given me free reign. So I'm going to take full advantage of that, but I'm not going to make her regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my goodness it was so good man uh it was just so good i was just so happy like i wrote or wrote like i had notes stuff like notes yeah lines so i i practiced the intro and outro for weeks beforehand like any like not a ton in the two weeks leading up just because i had a shit ton going on but like walking around my apartment practicing and stuff like that so the intro i know was nailed down the outro was nailed down but I was like, if I'm going to stutter or like pause, it's going to be in the middle because mm-hmm. I just didn't practice that as much. I wanted the intro to get people's attention. And then I wanted the outro to make sure that people really liked it. Yeah. And, um, so I actually did look down at my phone somewhere in the middle for like two seconds. And I was like, shit. And then I remembered my spot and then I finished it out and brought it home. But yeah, dude, afterwards I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, wait. It hammered. I did it I'm done (laughs) oh that's great man it was just it was a huge honor serving as the best man and for my first time being in a wedding too Mm -hmm. oh yeah I bet it was just like we're gonna throw you right to the fire (laughs) oh yeah dude because even Ethan told me he's like dude he's like I I haven't been a best man yet but being a groomsman is the shit you don't have to worry about doing anything he's like as a best man you gotta plan a bachelor (laughs) party then when the wedding rolls around You've got to do a bunch of stuff with the family. You've got to give a speech. So all the other groomsmen are just really drunk and you've got to be sober. You've got to give a speech. And he's like, man. Sober enough. Yeah, sober enough. He's like, as a groomsman, it's just a piece of cake. But at the end of the day, I was like, dude, serving as a best man, like, yeah, bachelor party was a lot to plan. But you're, if you're planning something that's going to be fun as hell, it doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. And the best man, it's just fun, dude. Dude, it was just so much fun. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for like your wedding. I can't wait for other people's weddings. Like, dude, it being, I don't know, man. It was just fun. It's uh, so much fun, like being in an environment where you're just around just a bunch of friends. Like, because okay. I had the same thing. It, was, it wasn't a, wait, it was uh, a buddy had a, a guy, parents bought a lake house. So we went up there and the parents left and they just left us with the house. And I mean, it was a, they, it's right on a lake house. So they had a boat and everything. And it was just like, it, it was sitting there like, why did you give us a boat? <laughs> like, like, so, like, the, before, right? yeah, exactly. And I, was, like, I was the second mate because like I had a boating license because get this, you know, in Michigan, you are eligible and you can receive a full boating license when you are 12 years old. Oh my God. So I just, because I had a, so many cottages and lakes up there. Exactly. But I like, uh, like if I took the boat out at 12 years old, it, like a cop stopped me. They like the only question they could ask me: like, Does your dad know that like you have the boat out? Okay, all right, you're on your way. Like have fun. That's amazing. <laughs> but the funny thing about the lake is it was Lake St. Mary's, and I guess at one point it was the largest man-made lake in the world, or at least the country. I don't know. But because it's a man-made lake, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the deepest part of it is 16 feet. Oh, which is like, yeah, that's a swimming pool. That's very, so like, I thought you were going to say like 50. 
no, 16. It was like, holy smokes. So like we take the boat out a little bit and we go to like this kind of the edge, kind of near the edge of the water, but like whatever. And we're like, all right, we're going to swim. If anybody wants to swim, like let's swim. So everyone's kind of like, cause the, the water is just green. I mean, it's literally the lake from the Simpsons. I mean, it is just, <laughs> uh, it is so murky. And, and at this point it's like one o'clock. So I've been drinking for several hours. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Like, let's do this cannonball. So I'm like talking and I cannonball and I cannonball. And like, I was expecting it to be like four or five, you know, it said 5.9 feet, 23 inches, maybe. It was like, I immediately, like, I don't think my head, I don't think my head, like, like went underwater. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I think my head was sitting there. I'm just sitting there like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what was everyone else's reaction everyone was like oh absolutely nobody asked if i was okay as they shouldn't tell they, <laughs> they were all like oh that's shallow and i was like yeah, yes. oh yeah i didn't know it was that shallow <laughs> oh that's shallow yeah that's why i'm sitting on the bottom right now <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why that's why my ass cheeks are like in the sand right now <laughs> oh it was so funny and then we went to like lunch or whatever at this place and at that point again I, I had the margarita I never drink tequila so I asked the waitress if the fish was caught in that lake because <laughs> I <laughs> she was like yeah she was like shut the fuck up kid <laughs> the funny thing one of the funny things about the wedding is that uh the morning of we were going to have uh mimosas in the morning so I went to Target after the rehearsal dinner. I got there on Friday. We had the rehearsal at like 4.30. Then we had the dinner. Yeah. There was a barbecue at, the, at this like country home type of awesome. thing that they got on Airbnb. So it was like a barbecue, between, it was a barbecue between the families, the bridal party, things like that. And in between the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner, I went to Target and I texted the group chat of all the groomsmen. And I'm... I'm like, should I get some champagne for mimosas tomorrow? I, you, I thought you guys said you had two gallons of orange juice there. So they're like, absolutely. So we get, I get two bottles of champagne, come back, and I take them out of the car, and I'm carrying two six-packs and two bottles of champagne. And everyone else is already at the cookout. I walk in to the house, and the first person I run into is Mrs. Kirkman, Ethan's mom. And... <laughs> I was in the I was in the kitchen and I'm like, hey, is there anywhere? I asked somebody else, I can't remember who it was. I'm like, hey, is there anywhere that I can put these bottles of champagne? And she turns around and she's like, what do you? I'm not even gonna ask. <laughs> and, she, and she just she just turns and walks away. And then so I put the bottles of champagne and they had a ton of champagne. Like anyway, so I walked back out and all the groomsmen are sitting in these lawn chairs and just hanging out and eating and stuff. And I sit down and Ethan's like, did my mom see you with those bottles of champagne? And I'm like, why? He's like, well, she's probably not going to like that we're drinking before the wedding ceremony. And I was like, she was literally the first person I ran into when I walked in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, she just told me I'm not even going to ask. And he's like, all right, well, that's cool. 
I said, he's like, yeah, I guess I lucked out there. Yeah, and then the next morning, we woke up at like nine. The rest of the groomsmen came over at 9.30 and for like an hour, we sat outside and had mimosas. And I was bringing the, they, I brought the orange juice out and then I went in and brought the champagne out. And as I was walking by, she's like, you guys uh, gonna have some orange juice out there? And I've got the two bottles in my hands. And she's like, I'm like, yeah, just a little bit of orange juice and vitamin C to start the day off. And she's like, well, that's good. <laughs> I'm holding them right in front of her. And she's just like, she comes out like 10 minutes later and she like peeks out. She's like, how's the orange juice? I'm like, delicious. Everyone's you. hammered already. <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that sounds like a fun weekend. Fun, fun time. I'm glad that we both could be just not sober for a weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, so as I was going through my long wedding day, you sent me the text. What did you say? You said, I am extremely drunk right now. Yeah, I st- well, because we went there, after, like, me and uh, buddy James, we drove up, and it's like an hour and a half from my house. We drove up there at like one. So we got there at two thirty. Just immediately started then. Uh I brought twelve trues and twelve two hearted ales and they were gone by like ten o'clock. By via yourself. Multiple, but mostly me. I mean it was just a fun time. We were all there. It was just there was like twelve of us. There was like three bedrooms. Like at one point I walked out and uh like our buddy Quinn had just made a bed of pillows on the floor and was just sleeping on the pillows. <laughs> it was just, uh, like, my buddy Will slept between two twin beds. <laughs> <laughs> Top the ground. I mean, it was fun. You just woke up, you, you drank coffee, you sweated, <laughs> and then you just went about your day. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. That'd be... That'd be a pretty good idea for the next time we get together. Instead of uh, Cleveland, we find somewhere over in Pennsylvania or Michigan or something and go to a Something on the lake. I agree. I agree. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I definitely am looking forward to it. It was good being back on a boat. I love boats. Yeah. <laughs> we had a pontoon boat, and I guess that they like they was like, yeah, the weight limit's 1,200 pounds, I guess. I don't want – I don't believe that. But um, – <laughs> So naturally, we put 12 men on there. That's, I mean, that's good. You guys were all seventh graders, right? Yeah, exactly. About 100, about 100 pounds each. Should we get into uh, some weird sports injuries? All right. So, Jeremy, my dad was a hockey player. And, you know, like baseball players, you know, hockey players are tougher than all could be. I mean, just two nights ago, they had the Blue Jackets and the Lightning. They played a five-overtime game. They were gassed. They were dead. And you ask any of them, they're like, yeah, I'm fine. And they weren't fine. But, you know, are they going to get off the ice? No, they're not. So my dad always makes fun of baseball players for how soft baseball players are. Um, And with that, he always gives certain examples as to why baseball players are soft. You know, they have a blister or they have a hangnail, so they miss a month. And uh, that got me thinking to some of the wildest and hilarious sports injuries that have come across over the last history of everything. And boy, are there some. There are some doozies. It's a very easy thing to make fun of, right? You, you've got hockey players that more or less get three teeth knocked out or a puck off their face. 
and they don't miss a shift. They, 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 yeah, the only reason they might come out is because the trainer is yanking them off the ice and says, let me give you a courtesy look at it because I know you're going to go right back out there. No, not even that. They're like, hey, you're like, you have blood pouring out of you. Like, we can't have that on the ice. So, like, I have to take you off. And, just, and then they get just stop the bleeding to make sure you won't die. And then you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Then you're going to get right back on. Like, it's going to be three minutes. You're not even going to miss a shift. And, and the thing about baseball, and that's why, you know, I looked up some, I've got some from memory, but I also looked up a list of kind of some of the weirdest sports injuries. And that's why you're right. There are a ton that are baseball because like a hangnail, that's integral. You need all of your fingers on your throwing mm -hmm. hand to pitch a baseball. And yeah, because it's the these... difference between 97 and throwing 90. Oh, yeah. And 97 is going to get by somebody. 90 is not. Well, that and throwing any sort of breaking balls, you need – the force of all of your fingers. So mm -hmm. it is so funny, like when you talk, it is funny that it is baseball players a lot of the times because it makes for some ridiculous things that people are getting hurt and missing sometimes significant time for. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But also I think the important part, this list wouldn't be as fun if we just talked about hangnails the entire time or jamming their finger. But what we have in mind more are things that injured people made them lose time and they're fairly ridiculous it's not really the injury itself it's what they were doing that brought upon the injury and here they are missing time and looking like a huge idiot even though sometimes it might be a serious injury but they what they were doing was just so ridiculous and it's one of those things where it's almost embarrassing to admit to somebody that you are hey, yeah. coach I'm gonna miss three weeks because I did this it's it's not it's not a good look but it's a great topic for a podcast yes and for some of these like it's in all honesty it's, when you talk through it at all it's gonna all make sense but like a lot of these are like like I'll, I'll give us I'll give a softball example this is not my number one pick but this is a softball example and I'm sorry if it takes one of yours but Brandon Inge strained his oblique picking up a pillow. And, you know, when you ask him, he goes, yeah, it's a great story. It's not really true. He's like, I had an oblique strain. It's just when I bent over, I aggravated it, and I just happened to be bending over picking up a pillow. But no, that's not true. You know, you strained your oblique, and you missed three, four weeks because you picked up a pillow, you little pansy boy. <laughs> that's the story. All right, we're going to go. Jeremy, number one pick. Well, how about we just get it out of the way now? Exactly. Joel Zumaya needed Tommy John surgery because he was playing too much Guitar Hero in the playoffs. And this is a man who threw, he threw a he, 107 was, mile an hour fastball. His name was Zoom Zoom Zumaya. He threw like 104, no joke. I mean, the guy was electric for like a year and a half because, because of that guy, <laughs> that damn elbow. The developers of Guitar Hero ended up adding into the credits of the game and said no pitchers were harmed in the making of this game oh, except for that one. Is so Joel Zumaya. He had it coming. That is so funny. Oh, my goodness. And, and when you read more into it, it's not all the way true. Uh, but who cares? 
but he also has another incredible injury. He missed until late June of one year because in the offseason, he was moving boxes and he injured his shoulder. I mean, this guy just <laughs> cannot stay healthy. <laughs> it's just for like anything a 22 year old kid does that, like, again, he's like a professional athlete who can throw harder than probably anyone on the planet, but he can't play guitar hero. He can't move because he'll be injured. <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful injury. So what is the top pick that you were coming in with? My top pick one was just to get a jab at my dad, just to give a jab at my dad, dad was in 2000, Maple Leafs goalie Glenn Healy lacerated his hand while changing the bag on his bagpipes. That's, that's a pretty layered one. Yes, yes, it is. How about we go into how he was changing a bag on bagpipes? Well, on bagpipes, you have to change the bag. The bag is like, um, so there's stuff in it that you like move and stuff. And then that's how, I'll be honest, I have no freaking idea. I, <laughs> I have no idea how you cut your hand. He was cleaning his bagpipes. I don't, I don't know how he cut himself. All I know is it required 40 stitches. In his stitches? hands too. Yes, forty. Yeah, that's a good one. Did you did you bring? That I bring up it up every dad? time. Every time he he. But but the thing that he comes back with, he goes, yeah. How many games did he miss? And I go, well, it was in the off season, so he didn't miss any. <laughs> so I. So, so Zumaias was in the postseason, but he did come back and pitch. Yeah, he before. did. He did. I mean, he came he came back because I'm reading up on it. It wasn't his UCL, it was his wrist. He had a sore wrist. Your number one pick. I will take yours and raise Chris Coughlin. Chris Coughlin. He was a Coughlin, yeah. He was a player for the Marlins, late 2000s. And during a walk-off, it was their fourth walk-off of the week. week. And Coughlin went out. Coughlin went out with the shaving cream pie and went to go throw it in his face. And when he planted his foot, tore his meniscus. He needed surgery. He missed the last 10 weeks of the season. And it took him four more years to get basically to get back to being a full-time player in the major leagues. Wow. That reminds me a lot of, um, was it Kendris Morales? Broke his leg uh, walking off. He hit the home run. And then when he's like doing going into the jump pile, he takes a big old jump and he slips on the plate and then he breaks his leg and he was out for the season. I remember watching that. I remember seeing they replayed it a thousand times on SportsCenter that next morning. I think about that every single time I watch a walk-off home run because people still jump up in the air. Yes. And I think about it every single time when they come down to <laughs> land. It kind of makes me hold my breath because I'm thinking I can just picture them slipping yes. and falling out from under them and seriously hurting themselves because that image of him doing that is like ingrained in my head. No, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. It's just one of those wild fluke ones. Okay. Brian Greasy, 2002 quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Had a, he had a cover because the real story was he had been a little drinky. <laughs> he had been drinking a little bit. But uh, he sprained his ankle, tripping over the dog and falling down the stairs. So <laughs> he's okay. He was all right. But like, and then it came out later. He's like, yeah, a little bit of alcohol is off as well. Not only the dog. <laughs> so he's walking at the top of his stairs. I guess. trips and falls down on He was, he had alcohol. He was a little, been drinking and he did trip over the dog. But like, the reason he tripped over the dog was because he was in, he, and the stairs is because he had been drinking. 
So he stripped over the dog, sprayed his ankle. I think he missed the game. So he had to come in on like Thursday and be like, yeah, coach, uh, I, I tripped over the dog. Now my ankle, <laughs> I need to go see the trainer. <laughs> I just, I just imagined the phone call like with Zumaya, his coach was Jim Leland. Can you imagine trying to explain to Jim Leland that, hey, I can't pitch today because my wrist hurts from playing Guitar Hero? Can you imagine trying to explain to Jim Leland what Guitar Hero is? <laughs> he would probably be like, like, he'd be like, so you're not actually playing the guitar? What do you, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't even know what a video game is, but like, why don't you just you go learn what, the guitar? You know what, you know what is really really interesting that we that Jim Leland's even brought up today because I was on time hop this morning when I woke up three years ago I had a tweet it was when I was interning with the mud hens mm -hmm. and I was walking through the dugout one day and Jim Leland came down from Detroit because I 2017 he was not the Tigers manager he no, was I, he, he was, was I think of a front office role yes so he came down he came down to just scout out the mud hens watch 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 a series for a weekend Mm -hmm. and he was down there and I walked through the dugout pregame to go grab a player for an interview or sometimes I would just go down there and sit in the dugout pregame and just hang out yeah I was walking by and I I completely forgot that this ever happened I saw my tweet from three years ago it says not that big of a deal but Jim Leland is in the Mud Hens dugout and ex exhaled all of his cigarette smoke on me as I walked by him <laughs> and now it all comes back to me because I remember walking by him and he's just sitting there with, I don't, even, I don't know, maybe one of the coaches or a player or something sitting on the top part of the bench. Mm -hmm. You know how you know how players do that? Sitting on the top part of the bench, just takes a long drag of his cigarette and blows it. And I'm walking by just smoke right in my face. <laughs> Jim Leland always had like infinite, t like the fact he hasn't died of throat cancer. I mean, the guy smokes so many cigarettes, so many cigarettes. And I think, no, I don't think he was able to during the games, but I think like, he was grandfathered in because he's been like since the sixties that he may have been allowed to, but I think he just dipped. I mean, the man just needs needs tobacco. The secondhand smoke probability when I was working with the Mud Hens was so high because not only Jim Leland, probably that one puff of cigarette smoke gave me some sort of cancer. <laughs> but Mel was it Mel? Mike Rojas, Mike Rojas was the manager of the Mud Hens my second year there. All okay. right. Super cool guy. The first year was Lloyd McClendon, who ended up getting not fired, but he ended up taking over as the interim manager for the Mariners for a little bit. Okay. But my second year was Mike Rojas, and he was so cool to work for, awesome manager. But every time you walk into his, the manager's office in the clubhouse postgame, and he's ripping through cigarettes. He had, he had those – you know how you walk into gas stations and you just see the individual boxes up there and you see the box full of cartons? The carton, yep. Yeah. That's what, is that what it's called, a carton? A carton is the one that's like a foot long. He had like three of those just stacked <laughs> in his thing. Oh. He would run through cigarettes after the game. And I'd walk in and just immediately. <coughs> <laughs> how absurd is it? Like I still like vividly remember like going into an IHOP and then being like, all right, do you want smoking or non-smoking? Like, how, <laughs> how bizarre is it that, like, there used to be a smoking section in restaurants and, like, airplanes used to be all smoking. Like, 
Like, that's just it. That's how the world was. It's everybody smoked. Everybody. So we are clearly clicking very well today because that is a perfect segue into my next injury, which has oh. to do with pancakes. Oh, yes. And it is Dustin Penner, player for the LA Kings. In 2012, his wife made him some pancakes for breakfast. What a nice gesture. Yeah, of course. And as he was sitting there, he leaned over to bite into them and seized up his back muscles. He had to drive to the rink to get treatment. He only missed a couple days of workouts and stuff. And then when he came back, he had an assist. But his back seized up, and he had to go get treatment from leaning over to eat pancakes. Yes, yes. I, I, and I, I have one on my list. I'm, I'm not going to use it, but I'm going to basically the same type of thing happened to Sammy Sosa, except for he was holding in a sneeze. <laughs> he actually had to miss like two weeks. <laughs> what I mean, the back seizes up at any moment, but leaning over to eat pancakes, uh, I'm hurt. <laughs> Sammy Sosa sneezing, back spasms. What an incredible, incredible thing that these like, these are the finest tuned athletes in the world, in the oh, world. Yeah. And they threw their back out eating pancakes. When, when you say treat your body like a temple, these guys' bodies are temples. Yes. They are, the, they are some of the most perfect physical specimens in the world. And it's just insane to think. Like the Guitar Hero thing could happen to anybody. And so could a bunch of these things. But it's crazy to think that somebody could throw their back out almost by sneezing. And you're like, that's crazy. I sneeze every day. Yeah. I sneeze, you know, maybe multiple times a day. You know, exactly. And then on the other hand, this is just for my dad. And I need to make my dad's point. I think it was a year or two, maybe a year or two ago in the playoffs. Uh, a player took a slap shot, took a puck going like 90 miles an hour off of his face in like halfway through, maybe even just starting the third period. And he kept coming out. He didn't miss a shift. The, like when overtime happened, he wasn't out for overtime because his eye had literally swollen shut. And then that's when he was like, okay, I guess I won't go out on the ice. He had broke like his cheekbone, his aura. He broke his face and he played like nine more shifts. That is insane. It's insane. Like they play full seasons on broken feet because they're like, it's all, it's, it's all like, why do I need my foot? It's just in there in the skate. I can skate without like without moving my foot. So yeah, I'm just gonna play the whole season with a broken foot. Well, that's the crazy thing because we were just talking about how baseball, when you get a hangnail, you need that finger. So it makes sense that you can't pitch. But on the flip side, the argument could be, don't you need your foot to skate? And hockey players, to them, it's like, not really. I just no, I, I'm skating. I have an ankle. Why, I have an ankle and a calf. Why do I need a foot? The foot, the foot's there for balance. Like it's, it's like the foot doesn't move. So it's like I, again, you could like, and obviously it's not entirely true. But like, I mean, you'd be like, yeah, just put a block of wood in there and attach it to my ankle. I'll be fine. Like we'll yeah, get it just... done. We'll figure it out. So let's go overseas. Let's okay. go overseas and let's talk about Kirk Broadfoot. Very fitting name for a soccer player. Great name. He was consuming a very popular English breakfast of a poached egg. Uh-huh. A poached egg takes 10 minutes to make, but he was trying to get it done quicker mm-hmm. by putting it in the microwave. 
Yes. When he opened the microwave, the egg exploded in his face and he had a scalded, he scalded the skin on his cheek. Oh. It technically didn't cause him to miss any time because Mr. Broadfoot was already out the rest of the season with a foot injury. Of course. Enough, an egg in the face, literally. Literally. Exploded in his face. So you have a breakfast thing going on. Are you hungry, Jeremy? I ate an early dinner. Maybe I'm starting to... Um, I did buy some nice breakfast food at the store today, so maybe I'm starting to I'm starting to crave it. I am facing my kitchen right now, so maybe it's some sort of some sort of weird effect that it has on you. Breakfast, the most important and most dangerous meal of the day. Steve Sparks, he was a knuckleballer. He played for the Tigers, and then he was sent to the Brewers, and uh, he was trying to impress his teammates because he's you know that he could tear a phone book in half. I'm trying to impress the new teammates, and he dislocated his shoulder doing it. So he basically rested with a phone book. Because you know, you ever seen those videos of the strong men that can just tear a phone book in half? That's was it in the club? Was it in the clubhouse? Yeah, it was in front of all of his new teammates. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, that's another one that your pitching coach. Because the Guitar Hero thing, it's like, hey man, how much how much Guitar Hero are you playing <laughs> to have a sore wrist? But for and but again, it's something that players do in their downtime is play video games. Exactly. Tearing the phone book, pitcher, pitching coach is just gonna look at you like, dude, what the Why? hell are you doing? Dude, just like, are you trying to give me a stroke? Like, are you trying to get me fired? Are you kidding me? Like, dude, help, please. <laughs> it's like, we don't ask you to do too much. We want you to pitch. You're a knuckleballer. We want you to stay healthy. We just want you to sit in the bullpen and do nothing. <laughs> maybe maybe because you're a knuckleballer, you feel this need to, to show the rest of the pitchers at all throw 95 that you're tough. But just don't do it that way. Just do it. Do it. Do it in the weight room. Dumbbell bench for them. Just do anything but a phone book, man. Come on. Going off another thing that happened in the locker room. I might be stealing one of yours. Jacksonville Jaguars punter. He injured his foot and he missed like a long a period of time because he was swinging an axe in the locker room and he hit his foot. In the locker room? Swinging an axe in the locker room. What? Where did he get an axe? Why is it in the locker room? Yeah. It would make sense if he lives out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like that's an injury. That happens. But no, it was an axe in the locker room. Oh, my God. That was the coach. How does the coach not walk in there and be like, what the hell are you doing? Put that shit down right now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was 2003. It was Chris Hansen. Um. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. This just doesn't even. This makes even less sense. Okay, it happened in the locker room. Okay, just uh, this doesn't make any sense. And this is a direct quote: Jacksonville Jaguars, or the most ridiculous injury in the NFL history, happened in the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room in 2003, when Jags punter Chris Hansen, you have a seat, folk. Um, picked up an axe, swung it at a tree stump, 
and ended up knocking himself in the leg, leaving blood all over the locker room, ending his season. Why is there a tree stump in the locker room? Why is there yeah, an yeah, axe in the locker it makes, room? It makes even less sense. <laughs> so much less sense. Because if he was just like, hey, like, you know, he, he did it swinging, and it's out front, and then he, you know, brought it. No, it's in the locker room. Why is there a tree stump in the locker room? What type of Jackson, what type of facilities do the Jaguars have that it's overrun with tree stumps? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds more like something, and here's the thing, is going back to hockey players, this would make a lot more sense if it was in a hockey locker room. I would believe this, and I wouldn't even question it that much. I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but they have access. In a yeah. locker room, you're like, who, who brought a tree stump in? Where yeah. did they get it? Who wanted to bring it in and who thought, let me bring, hey. Yeah, yeah, because I, I get it. Well, what's the old workout? You hit a tire with a sledgehammer, hit an axe with a tree stump with an axe. I get it. It's a workout. Now, the hockey player, you bring up a great point. They literally skate on axe blades. That's what they, <laughs> that's what they do. They, they strap an axe blade to their feet and they're like, all right, let's play a game. Yeah, so – they might as well just swing around axes in their off time because they're like, Hey, you know what, what we're doing on the ice is literally more. I mean, how many times do you see a hockey player get pushed on the ground and they're on their back and their feet are up in the air? Oh like, yeah. Those are axes swinging around. So in their locker room, they're like, we live on the edge as it is. We might as well just chop this tree away in our middle of our locker room. One time my dad had a cut on his thumb. I was like, where'd you get it? He was, I was sharpening my skates. Like, <laughs> <laughs> those things he's like yeah those things are razor sharp like how do you think you turn so easily i was like Dad. i was like holy smokes well, i'll continue with the trend of sharp objects adam eaton not the current adam eaton for the nationals but adam eaton who used to pitch for the padres yes he was trying to open a dvd case that had the plastic on over it mm -hmm. and trying to do it with a knife stabbed himself in the stomach with the knife he needed stitches it just goes to show you man they say never never cut towards your body i got uh i have a real life story that happened to somebody that um, we all know and love uh it happened to my beautiful beautiful friend michael powers who you have met uh happened to michael powers is we had uh pumpkins from uh, halloween and this is like early november so, you know, we had carved them and there's one, again, we carved them like four days ago. So there's still new pumpkins. And I guess I, there was a knife laying near the pumpkin. So he goes, he just kind of like instinctively, he's like, oh, cool. Knife stabs the pumpkin. And then he's like, and he got stuck in there. So he put his other hand there to brace it and just, <laughs> but all I hear, all I hear is, oh, cool. Stab, struggle. Oh no, Ben! <laughs> he did like seven, eight stitches. It's just me and me and Lord are sitting there, like Michael. Like, what? The, what? What is going on? Why did you do that? I was, and I was sitting there defending him, like, dude, I, like, I can't explain to you, but I, I, I know why you stabbed that pumpkin. Like, I get it. Like, I, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> you see a knife, you see a pumpkin, you're like. I'm going to stab that pumpkin. So what he did is the, he, I mean, he stabbed that pumpkin. Oh, it was deep in there. So he goes to take it out and the pumpkin comes up with the knife. 
So he goes to brace the pumpkin with his left hand and he pulls it out with his right hand and he sliced his thumb. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Another finger related one. Soccer player named Paolo Diogo scores a goal, runs over to the metal perimeter fence. You know how some European yeah. stadiums have that fence around for the fans that get too crazy? Mm-hmm runs to climb up the fence he recently got married his wedding ring gets caught on the fence oh and when he tries to pull it away he loses one third of his ring finger got ripped off oh my god and to add insult to injury when he jumped down he was given a yellow card for delaying the game while looking for the other part of his finger Hey, find, find your finger on your own time, buddy. Who wears their who wears their wedding ring while playing a sport? Yeah, that is an interesting one. I feel like soccer. It wouldn't be baseball. I totally would never wear one. But soccer, I feel like it wouldn't be the biggest deal. But man, but I'm like, why? Why? Why would I want it? Even if you're wearing it, you would never expect it to get caught. Like. normal people wearing a ring you don't really expect it to get caught on anything maybe it's weird for the first couple weeks but i feel like once you get used to it you don't really expect it to get caught but that's why again i'm gonna give a big huge shout out to my friend emery he's the one that got married about two months ago big huge shout out to emery nicole congratulations he had his wedding ring this weekend and what he had is he had one of those rubber those black rubber ones And he was like, whenever I do something, whenever I'm at work, because he's an electrical engineer, whenever I'm at work, whenever I'm working out, whenever I'm at the lake, whenever I'm at a place where I don't want to lose my good ring, I just put one of these bad boys on and I don't worry about it at all. He's like, it's awesome. He's like, I couldn't recommend it more because it's just, because he's like, you get 10 of them for five bucks and it works. Just wear one of those. I thought that I thought they were more expensive than that. I don't know why. There's there are ones. There are because there are like metal black ones. There are metal black ones, and that's why that these work is because these are just little like little plastic black rings. And you know he's got those. Interesting. I feel like I would probably want to get a metal one because then it feels more like. He has ring. both. He has both. So he has a nice he has a nice wedding ring that he like wears. But then like whenever he's in a situation where I might. Like, I don't want to lose this ring or damage this ring or get, get it caught on anything. I just wear one of these other ones. Aaron Rowland, who? Aaron Rowland, he was an outfielder for the Phillies. Back in, I want to say 2006, he had one of the best catches I've ever seen ever. And he had a true hockey injury because he caught a ball and ran into like a metal grate that was the fence in the Philadelphia Stadium. And he broke every bone in his face, just all of them, every single one of them. He was out for the season. And I mean, he was all bloody, but he caught the ball. A couple of years later, after the All-Star break, he's playing tag with some local children. And while playing tag, he sprained his AC joint in his shoulder. And he missed time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've got another one for you. I have got – his name is – very 1930s baseball name is name is Clarence Blevin, nickname Climax. Oh my dear! He was 
He was a pitcher for the Knoxville Smokies. He's 39 years old. He's playing in the minor leagues, just chilling. But he lost a bunch of his teeth when he was a kid. So he ended up having to get dentures. And he would take them out when he was pitching to intimidate hitters. (laughs) That's not intimidating. That's hilarious. He's got his dentures in his back pocket when he takes them out. He had to go run the bases. Didn't think anything of it. He's running the bases, slides into second base, feet first, tears a chunk out of his ass, sliding into second base with his dentures in his back pocket. <laughs> with his own dentures. He bit his own ass. He literally <laughs> bit himself in the ass. <laughs> when was this? This was in the 1930s. That is so incredible. Just incredible that he played himself in the ass with his own dentures. And this wasn't a seven-year-old. He was 39. He was 39, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's some ridiculous ones, too. I mean, there's the obvious, the Martin Grammatica. It's the game-winning field goal. He jumps up, fist pumps his fist, tears his ACL when he falls. Uh, Ioana Cespedes, that has just been known as he gives no... He gives no information other than, like, yeah, I broke my ankle on my ranch and it involves a wild boar. I will not be taking any questions. <laughs> yes. That guy's life, that guy's life, there's so much, I feel like there's so much about it that we just, we just don't know. No, no clue. No clue. Um, and then so when, Ma- he, when he gets hurt, you're like, what, what were you doing again? He's like, eh, don't worry about it. I just, I hurt my ankle. I, I hurt my ankle on my ranch. Uh, it involves a boar. Next if I, question. If I, if I told you anymore, you wouldn't believe it anyway. So let's just leave it at this. Let's leave it at that. Then there's Madison Bumgardner, who, you know, what do you remember his uh, his rodeo name? I forget, but he he was in rodeos and he didn't want to be known, so he had an alias. Madison, Madison, Madison Bumgardner. Madison Bumgardner had a rodeo what alias. Oh, he's been doing it for years. Let's see, Madison Bum. I have never heard that in my life. Yes, let's see. Rodeo, rodeo alias. His rodeo alias, Mason Saunders. He has, uh, he competes in secret rodeos <laughs> under the alias Mason Saunders. Wow. So that one- is a heck of a sentence. I never knew secret rodeos was a was a thing it's just an underground rodeo circuit for celebrities that don't want to be outed as cowboys i guess i have no idea <laughs> but uh and but that's not where he got injured i just need to mention that because it's incredible but he, he was in a dirt bike accident missed like most of the season um and then there is quite possibly the saddest funniest most memorable Plaxico Burris shot himself in the club. He shot himself in the leg in a club on a Thursday when he had a game on Sunday. He went to jail for it. Like, it's very serious. It's hysterical. <laughs> like, I, like, I remember because I had him in fantasy football that year. And, like, I, my year had already been, like, I guess my, like, I was, like, 
I was the little engine that could. I was like, my team was decimated with injuries, but somehow I was still in the playoffs. And then my number one wide receiver, Plaxico Burris, shoots himself in the leg. <laughs> I was like, I've got, I got nothing here. I have nothing. My miracle run to the playoffs is over. You're like, can you can you help me out a little, please? A little. I think I had like Ahmad Green, and he went out week one. And then, like, I had another running back. I, I was on to, like, my fourth and fifth string running back, just trying my best. And then Plaxico shoots himself in the leg. <laughs> my last one is Jabba Chamberlain. Broke his ankle. Actually, the quote is, shattered his ankle. <laughs> Broke it in multiple places and dislocated it, jumping on the trampoline. Oh, I heard about that one. I remember that. Yep. Uh Mr. Mosquito. Now the question, that's true. Now the question is, was that also with the neighborhood kids or was he, he just out back on his own trampoline? Just It was, it was with his, it was with his son. Okay. Okay. See, you know what? Maybe he threw that in there because I feel like I would, if I had a trampoline, I'd go out there by myself. I don't care. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if he was like, yeah, you know what? I was out there with my kid just playing around. And meanwhile, he's just, He's just stressed out about how he's been pitching. He's like, I need 20 minutes of trampoline time. I'm going to go out he, there. He goes, to his, he goes to his wife and he's like, I just need these 10 minutes to myself. Okay. And he goes out there. He, put, he, he blares footloose as loud as he can. It just does like flip after flip after flip on the trampoline. Job or chamberlain. His wife is bugging him the whole time. Like, you're going to get hurt if you keep doing that. He's like, shut up. Shut up, Janine. This is my time. I just told you. This is my time. I don't bother you on your exercise bike. You don't bother me on my trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing his job and Chamberlain being like Simone Biles and just doing, just going, just being sick. Just sick at the trampoline. Just unbelievably athletic flips. <laughs> He's like, what, 220 pounds? I mean, just a ball of meat. His name was Jabba. <laughs> you can't not be named, you can't be named Jabba and not be a big person. You just can't. There's no way. I mean, he, he is an all-time, like, sports fat face. The guy, like, the fattest face that has ever existed. He's, he's also just a, a historical figure for the most random reasons. Like, that injury... He was pitching during the Mayfly game that the Indians yep. had in the playoffs. He's just this guy that is incredible for sports, very specific sports. Not really trivia. I don't know if that would wind up in trivia, but very specific sports tidbits. Yeah, I mean, and he was just like coming out of the minors. He was the next guy. He was like the hottest, hottest prospect. And he never really lived up to it, but boy, he gave, us, he gave me some memories just some great memories of trampoline and bugs and <laughs> just incredible. Well, I guess that's it. Jeremy and I are going to hopefully not get injured ourselves this week doing various tasks. Maybe me writing down things, Jeremy taking photos. We're going to try not get injured doing those. Uh, hopefully we should be back. We never even got to because uh, I don't know about Jeremy, but I'm still in mourning um, for our lost Mac season. Um, it's quite, it's quite raw for me. It's quite uh, quite new. Um, my, I don't know what I'm going to have to do on Tuesdays. All I know is it's going to probably have to do with apple picking or pumpkin picking or 
some other bullshit. Uh, Lauren's got her headphones in. There is no, you're engaged. There's no escape. None. There's, it, maybe a, if there's not college football. You are, it is par for the course. You will be at apple orchards. You will be at parks. You will be outdoors and having so many photos taken of you, courtesy of Lauren. Your, your fall is just going to look like. It's going to be hell. Uh, Lauren is sitting seven feet from me. She's got her um, noise-canceling headphones, and she may have just taken them out. So I'm really rolling the dice when I say this next sentence. But uh, without college football, this fall is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> she just sighed. I think she. I think she took them out. Here's the thing: is she's going to sigh now, but she isn't even going to make a fuss about it because she knows that you have no excuse. She's going to drag you to that apple orchard regardless. I want to go golfing. No, no, that's not going to fly anymore. You know what we're going to do instead of you golfing or watching football? We're going to go pick 12 pounds of apples that are inevitably going to go bad in our fridge because we're not going to eat all of them in time. But we are going to do it. We're going to be there for six hours, and you're going to be there the entire time. Jeremy, you're my only hope. What you and I need to do is we need to get really, 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 really into, like, Belarusian handball and just be just gamble on it all Saturday. Just be like, dude, I can't go because I got to watch this handball game. I bet all the apple picking money. I have nothing left. <laughs> each week, each week, I, I look her in the eyes and I go, hey, look. If you want to go apple picking this weekend, you better fucking root for the Beavers. Because if they don't win, we are not going. Lauren, I don't think you get it. I not only put – I went all in on this. I didn't even put just the apple picking money. I put the apple cider money, the donut <laughs> money, all of it on this team. And I need to be home to watch it. Because guess what? I, I spoil you with the cider and the donuts and the little wax candy things, the homemade maple syrup. I spoil you. You want these nice things? You don't want to watch how they're all made, okay? It's blood, sweat, and handball. <laughs> Belarus. <laughs>